on the Full Voice Podcast today, episode 162. I have three incredible guests and three very timely topics. My first guest is music educator and children's music composer, Donna Rodenizer. We're talking about repertoire challenges and we're talking about reframing and moving away from gender-based choices to energy-based choices, as well as discussing some of the challenges that we are all facing right now, getting back to in person performances. Donna has some incredible strategies. You don't want to miss that conversation. Then our good friend to Kenya Battle is talking about online platforms. If the recent Zoom updates have you pulling your hair out, perhaps this interview might shed some light on some other options that are out there. And Kenya is sharing some success stories. Then our good friend Karen Michaels is going to share some best practices for TikTok. That's right. All our friends are, all our singing friends and teachers are now on TikTok. So, my friends, we have pedagogy, platforms, and social media right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello and welcome, friend and colleague. My name is Nikki Loney, and I am so that you are joining me for another podcast. Friends, I have such a good show and such timely topics too. Uh, My uh, first guest is Donna Rodenizer. Now, many of you know Donna and many of you have had Donna's music uh, as a big part in your teaching studio if you are working with kids. And if you have not (laughs) yet discovered her music, well, friends, you're missing out. But uh, I was uh, was talking, I called Donna about something else other than pedagogy, but our conversations always end up going there. And uh, we were talking about repertoire choices and some of the challenges that we have. And, you know, Donna's music is so brilliant for boys. Uh, And we started talking about um, kind of reframing away from gender. We're trying to be more gender aware, more gender neutral. So I think this is a very timely topic, especially if you are working um, with young singers. So without any further ado, Donna Rodenizer. Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast, my dear friend. The reason I moved to this province, <laughs> Donna Rodenizer. How are you? I'm great today. Thank you so much. <laughs> and there's I, room in this province for both of us, I'm sure. Yes, but we do have to, like, you're at the north end and I'm south shore. So we've given each other space so that we... I don't know. I'm not at the north end, although we won't go into the directions in Nova oh Scotia gosh. because they're weird. I know. They are weird. I There was somebody showed a showed a map and it's, there's, yeah... North, South, the Eastern shore and the South shore and the French shore and the Western shore and <laughs> Cape the North shore and Cape Breton. Yeah. yeah Cape Breton just is its own little entity. Well, I, uh, I always love talking to Donna and actually the other day, what did I call you about? I forget. It was like something funny. Oh, it was about books. It was about books for your grandson. But then we had this amazing conversation about, curriculums and also uh you know we were talking about the challenges trying to get kids singing and then uh, and then we were also talking about um 
Well, I was I was expressing to Donna, I was trying to write a newsletter to my people, and I was trying to talk about um, repertoire for boys. But then I got worried, and I was like, well, it's not just boys. Like, some of my girls like songs that are more gender neutral. Anyhow, so we started talking about it. And Donna, you have some really wonderful insight. And as someone who has crafted music specifically for the classroom, you certainly understand the challenges. So let's let's start off with maybe how we can get away from the labels of boy and girl. What what can we do there when we're thinking of repertoire choices? I think one of the biggest things is that when we, we talk about repertoire for boys, we're not actually talking about their gender. We're talking about their interests. Mm -hmm. We're talking about their energy level. We're talking about what they do when they're outside of the classroom and outside of any singing kind of environment. And so instead of talking about songs for boys, let's start talking about singing songs for kids that love nature and activity and lots of energetic things. And that's one of the things when I'm writing um, with lots of the imagination, sort of dipping into the imaginary world, mm -hmm. that, that you go into kind of areas, they're not, they're not gender specific because everybody has the ability to imagine. Everybody have I, I haven't been speaking much lately, <laughs> I guess. Everybody has, everyone has um, lots of imagination to delve into. So instead of saying, oh, well, you know, this is a girl song and this is a boy song, let's, let's maybe change that focus to the interest of the students. And then if you want to go one step further, don't label them at all. Nice. But it does make it difficult to, to say to your people, here are some songs for your more active students, or here are some high songs for energy. Your, your high, high energy. Your high energy students. High energy students really, really fits that that bill greatly. So and and I have said for a long time, I I very much write songs that I know boys like to sing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a mom of three boys. I'm a grandmom of of five kids and two of them are girls, but I only see one of the girls and she's used to, this is the youngest one and she's used to playing with all her boy cousins. So it's, they're, they're all active. I mean, they come to my house and they're doing wheelbarrow races with a kid on the back of the oldest grandchild with the youngest one on their back, you know, through my living room. And they're, they're bowling down the middle of my, my house, you know, so <laughs> they're not sitting and, and, and doing, you know, yarn crafts. <laughs> so I, I osmos into that kind of world when I write um, as well. But I also know that those are the kids that are harder to engage in singing mm -hmm. because a lot of the things that, that are written are not that high energy stuff. And so you have to find that repertoire. You really do. It's, it's not any different than the books that you sent for my grandson to read. Like, right. like, you have to cater to what their interest is. You have to get inside their world mm -hmm. in order to be able to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And then you're on the way. I really, I really appreciate everything you said. And as a, as a mom of one boy who's very active and sport oriented, I, I love that reframe of 
it's high energy. You know, he needs things that are high energy to keep him engaged and he needs to be celebrated in the ways that he feels really strong and confident. And, 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 and it's been interesting, um, with my small group class, I, my wonderful small group class, they, I, my last small group I had before the pandemic carried with me into online small group classes. And uh, the reason that I think I was successful in keeping them engaged online is because I knew all five girls so well, but I would say the same thing. They were very much, I, I guess I would have used the term gender neutral in their song choices. They did not want to sing the sweet lullabies. They did not want to sing the the ballads. Well, we did sing Pickles, but they had a specific interest because Pickles was the hamster of one of the kids in the class. So like, there was that invested in that story because it was their story. So Connection. That connection, connection is the key. Right. right. Connection is the key. And you said you knew those students very well. And that's the other part of this puzzle. Mm. You have to know your students. You have to know what their interests are. So you have to talk about more than here's the song you're singing today. You have to actually have conversation. It's like, well, that's not a singing lesson. That's not a music class. You're just talking. I started every single class with my students with news. Mm. We sang the news, so we were singing. Um, and that sort of um, normalized, you know, because I would say, what is your news today? And they would sing me their answer. And it was like, that's what we did. But I knew who had loose teeth. I knew who was <laughs> going to get a new puppy. I know actually lots of things about parents and their <laughs> extra activities that we can't even talk about Uh-oh. here. Yeah, there was a little girl who got a ring because her father had gone to the hospital and like it was a special day for their family and she wasn't going to have any more sisters or brothers <laughs> and she got a special ring to sell, celebrate the day and I knew what she was talking about and the kids are just all going oh look at the ring but like uh, oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh. I, yeah. <laughs> that's a fabulous story but I didn't but know you we don't make I, those connections unless you talk about it I, I I totally agree I'm still trying to process I didn't know that was the thing you had to give your children if somebody was taking care of business that way. <laughs> Gift. I don't know. I had never heard of it either, but I wow. did now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, I, I do want to thank you so much. I mean, I, I know that um, when I discovered your music in the Royal Conservatory books, so the Royal Conservatory repertoire and examinations were, were a big part of my studio at one time. And I, I've put students through exams for a couple of decades. Um, but it was getting harder and harder and harder to get that connection with some of the repertoire. I'm just going to say it. Some of the repertoire was very dated. Dated in that I had sung that repertoire when I was their age. So there was a lot of old themes. There was a lot of poetic songs and I'm a good salesperson. So, you know, I could, you know, pique their interest, but it was getting harder and harder. And then when your music showed up in the, uh, in the, in the series, it opened up so much and the joy that, that kids found in your songs. And, and I'm just like computer cat. That was such a huge hit. I'm wishing I did at a Christmas concert with a group, uh, of my students. Um, 
40 Little Birdies, if I was going back and doing an album, I would totally put that song on my on my on my recording cuz that is a brilliant hilarious song with so many opportunities. And I and I have to tell you like the joy that you bring, but it's very helpful when you when you think about, you know, how important it is to connect to that text. And I've always told people, you know, asking a child to sing a song that they don't relate to or that they don't understand is a recipe for having somebody drop out of lessons. Yeah. Well, they haven't learned the, the art of being a, an actor and making it believable if they don't believe it to start with. Maybe they haven't learned to be uh, um, liars yet. Oh, wow. I don't know. Like, really? No, but I've, I've told the students that like if they're singing a song and, and we're getting ready for a concert and said, I don't like this song. I said, you know what? Then you have to work even harder than anybody else because you have to walk out on the stage and make the people believe this is your absolute favorite song. And the other thing you have to do is like if you're having a bad day, I said, you know, and I, you, I would pick somebody that they would be listening to as an artist. Do you think if you were going to go to to a concert of, you know, A, B, C, D, E group? And they just went out that morning and their dad had run over their bicycle. And then they found out that their mom had put peanut butter and jam sandwiches in their sister's lunchbox. And instead they got the egg salad and they don't like it. And then they get to the concert venue and they're supposed to walk out on the stage. They can't stamp out on the stage and go, oh, and then they have to go out and go, ah, and then the crowd goes wild and lights go on and everything. And that's what you've got to do. Yeah. So it's a lot about acting. It is. I I just want to share, and perhaps some of my listeners will find this amusing. It's amusing now. It wasn't amusing at the time. I remember one of the hardest things, because a lot of my work in my 20s and 30s was session work. I was very lucky and very fortunate that I started doing a lot of recording. And, but you don't get to choose like if you're hired as a session singer, you don't get to choose the repertoire you want to sing. And I mean, I've had to sing. First of all, I have sung many children's albums and like The Wheels on the Bus, I own that song, right? Alice the Camel, I have sung on several different children's albums. Like you can't go into those sessions, roll your eyes and go, wow, I'm so glad I spent so much time learning how to sing and improvise over jazz changes to sing Alice the Camel. Like you can't go in with that that attitude. But you, you know, like you can't expect children to have that maturity and know that this is a job and I need to turn that side of my brain off and turn my, you know, let's have fun with kids. But the other experience I had, and probably one of the true, truly the hardest about taking myself out of the repertoire was when I had separated from my first husband, I, I landed this huge session and it was singing wedding songs. So the day, the day that we were both leaving our shared apartment and we had separated was the day of my session. And I had to go in and sing every love song. I will always love you from this moment on, you know, all day long. And, you know, my producer Steve good friend of mine like he knew what was going on he's like Nikki like if you need to take some time and I'm like nope I am a different Nikki today I am I am not the Nikki that just you know said goodbye and but like 
again, I'm going off topic here, but like we can't expect children to have that type of maturity and deal with that. We have to really let them celebrate their interests and everything. And, and, uh, can you, can you share your favorite high energy songs? It could be from your library. It could be from other songs that you've done. What are your favorite high energy songs that just have really just gone over beautifully with, with your kids? A lot of that depends on the age. Okay. So with, with my littles, mm-hmm. um, songs like Jiggle Wiggle Freeze, mm. which was written for them for a concert because they couldn't stand still. Now, this has nothing to do with gender and everything to do with age, but, but, they, but they, they couldn't stand still and they needed lots of repetitious words. So, and they like to play with, with vocabulary and stuff. So we had Jiggle Wiggle, Jiggle Wiggle, Jiggle Wiggle, Jiggle Wiggle Freeze. And they absolutely loved, I'm doing the actions, of course, you can't see that, but, um, <laughs> but they absolutely love to do that move freeze thing. So incorporate all of that into a song and turn it into, okay, this was my plan all along when it's just kind of like, that's how it was going to go anyway yeah. with, with them. So that, that kind of thing. Um, uh, with, with my middles, it isn't so much high energy but it had the right feel and i'd rather be a bear oh i love that that's a cute song um, was was really that sort of you know um mowgli and jungle book kind of yeah, yeah. Your bear butt around kind of thing but the other thing was is that they had a chance and again this is this is your adaptation for for your for your learners in the situation that are in front of you there would be children in that age group that i had that were not matured singers yet and and matured as in singing at pitch with their peers Mm -hmm. and so they had the solo parts the echo parts of the kids would sing i'd rather be a bear i'd rather be a bear and we had sound effects and they got to be creative and they got to contribute and they were stars they were actually highlighted in the song so they were part of the group they were, they were an essential part of the performance and an, an essential part of the group. And so all of a sudden, they are connected at their ability level to be part of the singing that's going on. I just want to take a moment and celebrate that because that is really one of the hardest things sometimes in our studios is, is giving the students that are in their early stages of whether it's developing pitch accuracy or confidence, we still have to celebrate them. Like it's, it's crucial and so important. If they're not celebrated, they're not going to stick around. They're not going to feel like they're part of the group. And I love that. I love how those students got to be the stars. Right. Um, I think that just gave me goosebumps when you told me that. I, I'm always, I'm always an advocate for the underdog. I just want, I just want the ones that don't, you know. I want them to find their voices. It's beautiful when they, when they see and hear, and you get them out there. I, I don't know if it's off topic or not, but, but uh, I was following a thread of conversation on on some group, and they were asking for repertoire suggestions for their upper elementary students who were expected to be performing in a concert like in May or something or other and they and their comment was that they won't even stand and hold their music properly and I'm thinking oh my gosh red flag red flag first of all why have they got music in their hands why why are you trying to get them to do this second of all at this really 
tenuous and anxious age of your upper elementary, you know, I don't know if the grade like five, six, seven, maybe. Um, so at this point in time, having not been singing for two years, you need to give them something that is not going to cause them anxiety to stand and sing in a concert. So the first thing I would go after if I were programming is something funny, a novelty number, something that they can kind of be kind of goofy with because then when the audience is laughing, it's because they're making the audience laugh. They are so worried about standing up there and having the audience laugh at them. Don't give them something that's supposed to be serious because, because if there's any anxiety, it's going to make it way worse. So give them that novelty thing. Give them that kind of goofy thing. Again, like I'd rather be a bear, except at, at a higher level. So we we would do, you know, stuff with kazoos or or we had a, a pirate song and everybody got to wear a bandana and an eye patch and a, a hook or, or, you know, that kind of thing. And then it becomes a, a almost a dramatic thing and they're acting and, and it can be goofy. Right. And and it's that nervous laughter then has a place because it just sounds like it's laughter because it's funny. And then again, that's, that's, that's adapting, knowing your students where they're at, when they're at, where they're at, which that after they get past that hurdle will settle, that will change. They'll be able to go back to those beautiful two part, you know, pieces and, and that kind of thing eventually. But, but until they get there Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, whether it's they're in grade two or whether it's because they're an active kid or because they've gone through two years of not singing whatever the reason like go where they are pick them up give them something that they can relate to and they will they will lock in and buy into that and they will progress and go further but if you try to jump those first three steps and say here's the piece i think you should be singing and they can't do it then yeah they drop out they don't want to do it well, I, I want to thank you for bringing that up because I think that's on a lot of people's minds right now is the fact that, you know, our students, because of a pandemic, are not where, you know, and I hate to say this, where expectations say they should be or they could be. Like there's, they're, and I hate using the term they're behind. Like I don't, I don't think that people are behind. I think they've had different experiences and that we need to be mindful that they may or may not be ready. You know, we can't compare them to the the kids at that age two years ago because they haven't had, like, they haven't been singing, right? They haven't been singing in schools for two years. Or if they have, they've been hiding behind big masks on their face. That's a little, that's where you can hide, right? So singing into a mask is a little friendlier than singing out into a room, right? There's so, so many, there's so many considerations we have to take right now. There's your labels again. Yeah. They are behind and you know what what they what they are behind our expectations they are behind where we ordinarily would have seen those students had they done what we've been doing with them for the last two years the way they always did so i i was talking about this actually this morning and and uh the the whole world works on the same premise. If you did something every day or twice a week or once a week for two years, mm-hmm. where you would be with that as a skill level, I don't care if it's bicycling or gardening or doing braiding of hair or 
jumping jacks, whatever. If you did it on a regular basis for two years, you would be at a different place than if you didn't do that skill and then decided you wanted to start. So again, it, it always comes back to, you've got to know your students. You've got to know where they are and where they are. You say, this is where you are. And this is what we're going to do to start this process to develop where you are. And I, the worst part of it is, is that everybody's saying, oh, let's get back to normal. So let's, now we're back to normal. Let's go back to, you know, in schools, we've, we've got standardized tests and, you know, grade three, six, nine, and 12, I think they do, you know, these tests and they're going, oh, good. Now we can get back to this. Oh my gosh. Like those should be gone for at least two years until kids get, back into the routine, back into the skill sets, back into to a level of comfort, again, with where they're at. Otherwise, I mean, you're just going to pile anxiety on top of anxiety. You know, I, and I expect it's the same in the vocal studio. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you're eight years old. I expect you to be able to do this, 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 and this, and this. Uh-uh. Yeah. And I think t- you know, the, the conversation that's been happening within private teachers is like, you know, kids now that people are like, all the teachers are like, oh my gosh, thank goodness, we can do an in-person recital. And they have had students that have never, ever performed live. They've only done, they've only done, you know, online recitals or they've done self tape recitals. So they've just only recorded themselves. And now I, I I've seen this conversation come up in our forums. It's like, nobody wants to sing at the recital. And I'm like, of course they don't. It's, this is new. It's, it's, it's like when I have a new student, when I was doing live things, we had to do a whole bunch of preparatory steps, like having mom and dad in the studio first and getting them singing for mom and dad. And then we had a group rehearsal where they got used to singing in front of other people. And then like, you can't just jump into that. Like even students that may have done live performances are going to be, they haven't done them for two years. So it's, it's interesting where we are. And, and I, I really appreciate your insight too, especially from the classroom, because I, I, I really think that private teachers can learn so much from our classroom teacher colleagues. It's just, you see everybody in large groups where we sometimes see them in like one-on-one and it's, it's helpful to get that, that insight from our classroom teachers. Hmm. I want I want to go back to your your steps to get your beginner students into a performing thing. The the steps don't change. Hmm. The steps are still quite necessary. The only difference may be that your older students or your students with more experience having actually performed live may go through those steps more quickly. Sure. Because they've been at the end of that thing. It's sort of like, oh, you're just remembering. And, and so you can move through the steps more quickly, but you have, still have to go through the steps. And, and it, I think, and that's, that's that whole, oh my goodness, they're delayed. Okay, let's, let's say they're not where they would have been had they done all of the steps all along. But let's just start where they're at and go through the steps. And your, your grade fours and fives and sixes or your older vocal studio students We'll go through those review steps more quickly, mm-hmm. but they still have to go through them. That's an excellent, that's an excellent reframe and a, a, an excellent reminder. I want to thank you so much. And, and Donna, you're always 
uh, you're always a, an amazing guest and so helpful. And, and again, thank you for all of your amazing music as well. Uh, what's happening at DonnaAndAndy.com? What's going on? You've got some new posts and everything for people. We do. We, we've got a bunch of songs that are posted at DonnaAndAndy.com under the Songs and Stories tab. And there are some really good ones there for for spring concerts where you kind of have uh, lively kids or students that aren't used to singing. And so those, I don't know, shall we call them jolly songs or, <laughs> or active songs or songs of movement and, and songs, with a little bit of humor and, and, and quirky things are going to work better than the beautiful lyrical things that eventually they will be able to sing. And they do love to sing those. They do when they have the tools in their, in their kit to make those successful. But right now what we need to do is give them repertoire that is going to be the most successful for them to give them that confidence to move forward. So there are, you know, there are things like, you know, it's raining cats and dogs and there's a couple of new songs that are coming that are, uh, there's going to be one about building a tree house, um, which is, um, based on when my kids were little and I would send them out to the backyard, you know, go play. And they would go out for a couple of hours and whatever. So I bought three hammers and, and three pounds of nails in a paper bag. And I sent the boys outside and there were some old lumber outside and they pounded away and they built a fort and they did all sorts of stuff. And then the next day they decided it was too crooked and they didn't like it. So they tore it all apart and they started again, and I went down to my local hardware store and bought another five pounds worth of nails. They went through eight <laughs> pounds of nails um, in about three days. Wow. Anyway, so there's a song about building a treehouse, and wouldn't it be great to have, you know, a hammer and some nails and build a treehouse and have some friends go over for tea. So that's coming. It's not out yet. Hopefully by end of April, maybe into May, awesome. that'll, that'll be there, And which is kind of late for um, recitals and whatever, but it might be a, a fun song to kind of not necessarily for a recital, but a fun song to sing to sort of head into the year. That might be a great song for any teachers doing like music, summer music camps. That might be a summer mm. music camp song. Mm -hmm. It sounds, I would, I would look at that for my small group class. I want to thank you. We'll have you back, Donna. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous day. Thank you. Did you know if you visit our website, fullvoicemusic.com, and you check out the song tabs, you're going to see this incredible collection of music that has been crafted for the young singer. I don't know if you know that when you purchase a single song download from our website, that that includes a reproducible license. What does that mean? It means that yes, you can legally with a big hug from me and my composers, make copies for your students. That has always been one of the challenges in my teaching studio after 30 years. One of the biggest challenges was asking parents to buy a big songbook worth of songs, knowing that we would never 
ever sing through all of those pieces. Well, with single song downloads, you have the opportunity of providing your students with great songs and not having to ask parents to buy a book. This is so helpful when you're getting started or if you have a student that needs a specific song. We created single song downloads not only to help teachers and students and families, but also to provide a living way for our composers, something that's very, very important here at Full Voice Music. Now, I do also want to say that if you wish to share videos using our backing tracks of the your students singing our songs, that's okay too. We love that. We do ask that you name the title of the song, the composer, and our website in your posting. And please tag us. We love to celebrate your students. We love to see your performances. So please make sure to give us a shout out and we'll be sure to do the same. So friends, if you are looking for wonderful music crafted for children. If you are trying to support living composers so that they can continue to write us amazing songs, I want you to check out our new website, fullvoicemusic.com. Click on the songs tab and discover something wonderful and new for your young singers. If you are continuing to teach online, or perhaps you are a teacher who is offering what is called a hybrid model, where you do both online and in person, there are challenges to the online platforms. And if the recent changes to Zoom's rules about what is free and what is not is causing you some stress, I think you're really going to enjoy this next conversation with our technology expert, to Kenya Battle. She is sharing some of her success with some new platforms and how she introduces it and works with her students to get them familiar with the new platform, something that is a challenge for all of us. So without any further ado, the delightful To Kenya Battle. To Kenya, I, one of the things I love about having amazing expert guests is I, and also being Snoopy, uh, I want to know, uh, so like, what what warm ups are you loving in your studio right now? What's something fun that you love to do with your kids? Well, you know, singing is a physical thing. And a lot of times there's this disconnect between the mind and the body that takes place. And we really want to get our kids engaged in the body so that what happens in the mind they don't even think about it. It'll just come automatically. So anything you see with Cheryl Porter, her warm-ups have my kids up and moving and shaking and swaying. It's just a lot of fun. Oh, thank you for bringing her up. I love her energy. I love her energy. And she does, she actually does like some tricky exercises. She did one where that she was uh, exploring like switching registers. And I was like, wow, like I was impressed with how she did that. What, um, do you, do you like send her videos to your students or do you bring them up? What, how do you, how do you, how do you introduce your students to her? All right. I love this question. So there's a certain structure that we follow. I'm getting goosebumps. I love this question. So (laughs) there's this, there's this structure that we follow for every lesson, whether it's in person or online, or it's a group lesson or a private lesson, everybody's getting TLC. They're getting theory off the top. They're getting their lesson and they're having a chance to collaborate and create. That's Mm, every single lesson. 
So the theory portion, I bring in a Cheryl Porter video on the platform that I'm using for our lessons. So it's something that gets them used to it. I demonstrate, Cheryl demonstrates, they demonstrate, the kids take off and fly, and they're already off to a great start. They're already hyped up for the lesson. I love it. Uh, just curious, what platform are you using for your online? That's a great question. So technically today, if you ask me today, I'm using StreamYard for oh, my lessons. Okay. All right. And I know that's not what the majority is doing. I like doing things that the majority isn't doing. Now, and my students tell me that they love StreamYard better than Zoom. Okay. Okay. Now, using technology... I have emailed every parent, every student in my studio this week, Right, a template that announced that we're switching platforms. Oh, okay. We're moving to Musy.live. So let me tell you, girl, Musy.live is life. It is life. I've been trying, yeah, I've been trying it out with a couple of my students, my teenage students. They're, you know, a little bit more tech with it. Mm-hmm. than some of my other students. And so we've been trying it out this week and we're discovering things. And I'm like emailing Sam, Sam Reddy, the creator of Musy.live. And I'm emailing him things that I can't say in front of my students, letting him know that I very much appreciate what he's doing. Oh, it's nice. Great, nice. You know, it's great. I'm that is so helpful because I know that um, moving forward. OK, so we're not through the pandemic right? We're, we're still dealing with things. We've, we've gotten right now we're in some sort of new normal, whatever we want to call it, kind of holding pattern. But many teachers are going to either stay online or a lot of teachers have gone to a hybrid. So, so I love that you are trying new platforms. Many of us, many people are like in Zoom and they're happy there, but you know, there are some limitations and it's really, you gotta, I love that you tried it out. Did you just, did you just kind of like email the kids and say, we're just going to try this out. It's just, let's just see what happens kind of thing. So I actually test out a new platform with a few select students. If I know I have one student who, um, who is okay with it, I always ask their permission first because this is their lesson time that they paid, they've paid for. And we work on it together. So one of my teen students this week, we were, we were in, we were swooning. We were like, oh my gosh, where has this platform been all our lives? We love it so much. And we were just, we were having a ball. We were having a ball, just discovering all the things that we could find in Musy.live. So this lesson gets recorded and the student can access it later. They can access it later. This is going to be a great compliment to how I already use Musico.io. So Musico.io is their, their own digital library. All the things that we've done, anything that I assign them, any things that they need to record, things that they need to work on, it's in their own digital library. Mm. And is part of your lesson then teaching the student or maybe the family, like teaching them how to use and what the expectations are of using that platform? Absolutely. So what I do is I just record a short video that walks them through the process. The videos are always under five minutes. 
we don't have time to waste in this society. So my videos are always under five minutes. That's the limitation of Loom unless you pay for it. And it helps me screen record. Here's the email that you receive. In the email, click this link. When you click this link, type in your, your information. Type in the little secret word that lets you in. And it's just incredible. Parents love and appreciate that I've made it so simple for them. Mm, I love it. I love it. I'm, I haven't used Loom, but I have what I've started doing with some of my families, because I do have some families, God bless them, that are very hesitant with with uh, technology, you know, they've had some bad experiences um, with other platforms. It doesn't have anything to do with my platforms, but they're, they're hesitant. So I've done like at the beginning of the year and I kind of included in my tuition package, the first lesson is what I call a tech lesson. And, and this is just part of the package and it's not, you know, it's, it, we, nobody gives me a hard time. Well, we're not singing in that lesson, but it, the parents have to be there. We're checking microphones. We're checking connections. I'm showing them, this is how I'm going to do things. This is how you do things. You know, how do you want me to send you your files? Where are they going? Who is responsible for putting it on the child's device? Like it's a, it's actually really helpful. We did it last year. And then it was also nice because I got to answer a lot of questions, but I was being paid for my time. And to Kenya, let me tell you, I, I kept thinking about you in the background when all these parents were asking me the questions. I'm like, you all need to Kenya. You need her to walk you through this stuff because this is hard for you. So, but um, I love that you do the video. So Loom is a, is a screen capture video program. I'm going to put links to all of the, all of the platforms that you've told me about. Um, is there, is there, a, cause you're teaching piano as well. Uh, the, so the, the, the new platform, are you finding it really working for both your voice and your piano students? Absolutely. The student that I feel tested music.live with is a he's a voice student, a piano student and a music production student. Oh, wow. All in okay. one. So all perfect. in one. <laughs> what a great student to have. <laughs> he was the perfect student to try it out with because I was able to bring in his sight reading exercise for voice oh. and piano. Nice. I was able to still show my face and my hands at the keyboard. Y'all, I did not have to change what my setup already is. We just jumped in and hit the ground running and we both loved it. I love that. And I, you know, I love that you're teaching your students too about, you know, technology. This, this is an important skill, right? Um, our son did remote learning last year and man, he can navigate email, Google docs, Jamboard, like all sorts of platforms. And I, it's like, these are important skills. Like those, he's going to use those later on. I mean, I use all those platforms in my business. So, um, I love it. Um, to Kenya, as always, you bring in such great information and it started with a simple question about vocal warmups and then turned into this amazing platform thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, as, as always, your, your information is just 
so helpful. We will have you back uh, to keep us all up to date and to get us inspired to try perhaps other new platforms. Hey, baby, when one rise, we all rise. We have to share this information. I love it. I love it. Where can people find and follow you? You can find me at Kenya's Keys across social media. Awesome. Thanks to Kenya. If you are a professional voice teacher and you are promoting your studio, you are probably using one or two or three or more social media channels. And uh, for me, I'm always a little reluctant to jump onto a new platform. And that was certainly the case uh, for me with Instagram. I really hesitated to do Instagram. Now I love Instagram. In fact, Instagram is my favorite platform. Uh, But... Uh, I was also very nervous and scared to um, start my TikTok account. Now, what's uh, very cool, and I want to thank, there's been several emails and messages through my social media accounts for people asking uh, about TikTok and if we could talk about TikTok on the podcast. And of course, I have the most fabulous social media expert who is brilliant in all things. So I reached out to Karen. I asked her if she was interested. And of course, Karen was like, like, so excited and so happy uh, to to uh, share some some best practices. So uh, first of all, thank you for those who reached out with a request. We're happy to do that and facilitate that when we can. And of course, uh, let's uh, welcome Karen Michaels to the show. Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast, our social media expert, my dear friend, Karen Michaels. How are you? I'm great, my friend. I am so glad you're here because uh, I actually had uh, I actually had some emails and and thank you thank you to the the teachers that were reaching out. They're listening to the podcast, Yay. but they were asking and they wanted me to ask you about oh TikTok. Ah, TikTok. I've been I've been waiting for this. Ah. I, I even I I even like have a um, I use Workflowy. It's like the one of my favorite sort of note-taking and organizational apps. And I have a, I had a TikTok um, section ready to go as I'm going to start including that more in my social media work and stuff on my accounts. And, um, and then you wrote that and I was like, perfect. I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I, I, I set up a TikTok account. Did I? (gasps) I'm so proud of you. And I think I've done three things and it was a little frightening. So I'm really glad you were here. <laughs> Good. I love that. Well, okay. So as we know with anything new, um, just the same old things, right? Like create an account, use your business profile name. Were you able to use the full voice? I haven't looked at your account yet. Uh, I think so. I can't remember. I, yeah. I so you want to use, novel? no, you want to use, you know, the name that everybody recognizes, sure. right? Like you want to use what everybody, I'm going to look it up right now as we're talking. Oh no, don't That's check fun. my, she's going to mark my, she's going to grade my TikTok account. 
Oh, and you know, wow, there's a lot of interesting hashtags. So we'll get there. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you want to, <laughs> that's so fun. I love this stuff. So you want to use your business profile name that's recognizable and the picture that's recognizable. Mm. This is, you know, this is sort of what I would call basic social media account strategies. But I, I feel like sometimes I want to repeat them because sometimes we're like, especially as artists, we mm. want to, I want to do a new picture and something different. And then someone mm. would go to your account and go, Oh, Who maybe is this, this isn't them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So especially in the beginning, as you're establishing your TikTok account, you want to use things that people will recognize readily. And then the second thing I want you to do is I want you to follow other accounts that are like yourself. Oh, okay. And and the reason is because those will then show up on your for you page. And the for you page you can think of is that is TikTok's. Um, algorithm of what they think you want to see. Ooh, so that'll okay. kind of give you um, what I like to do is that's your research, which we just talked about earlier, but that's your way of seeing what other voice teachers and what other voice professionals are doing. And then you can see what hashtags they're using. And then from there, you could follow a hashtag singers or musical theater or all of those things. These are all very familiar. Mm -hmm. Nothing is unfamiliar about this, except the biggest difference is TikTok is, of course, only video. Right, right. There's no static pictures. So that's really the biggest thing. Um, and I love looking on my For You page for inspiration about, A, what is everybody talking about right now so that it helps me to stay on trend. <clears throat> and trends are a big thing with TikTok. I'll talk about that for a second, but I just, I'm going to say this 50 times. Do not get crazy about trends because keeping up with trends is not only difficult, it's time consuming, not only time consuming, it'll make your mind a little cray cray. And we don't have time for that. That's just silly. But if you get in on a trend, yay. And if you don't, it's okay, because your content is going to be so good that the trend is not going to matter. Good. Good to know. That's really important, right? And the other big thing is, so just to remind you how to do it, you want to tap the white plus button on the bottom of your screen. It's usually in the middle, depending on what device you have. And you want to make sure you give TikTok all the necessary permissions. And that is, and the reason that's important is because you want to save your TikToks to your, your own uh, photo library. Oh, you want to, okay. Because remember, and we've taught, and I think I talked about it in the last, um, in, in one of the previous, um, podcast interviews is that we don't own these platforms. And if you have not saved your own content to yourself and something goes wrong with the platform, you could potentially lose all that work that you did. And that's, and even though it will auto download with the TikTok watermark on it, that's okay. We'll talk about how to get that off. But what you want to do is you just want to save your work. Um, and then that way you'll know in case if you want to repurpose that work, which is like, that's my favorite word for this year, especially if, if you have a really good one, you can repurpose it um, and use it again with different music. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. You know, and the other big thing that I love about TikTok, it has so many filters and stickers and emojis and all this fun stuff. And it can be, it's super fun and overwhelming. 
So I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed by all the choices. You know, it's, it's like a kid in a candy store. It's like, then they start crying because they don't know what to pick. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm talking about myself. Sorry. That's true. So here's what you want to do. The draft folder is your best friend. Okay. You go, because in TikTok, when you create your TikTok on the platform, so in your app, That's the best way to do it. You can create videos outside. I will get there. But creating your video, doing some sort of a talking head fun thing in TikTok, and then using all the filters. What I recommend is do stuff that you think will be cute and that or relevant or fun or whatever, insert whatever word you want, and then save it to your draft folder and look at it the next day and see if you still like it. Oh, that's a great strategy. And because that way you can also try out things that you think, well, that that's kind of dumb, but I kind of like it. So I could think (laughs) of something fun. And then you could do like three takes of it and nobody sees it. I have things in my draft folder that the, the general population will never see. Uh Well, that's how you learn, right? I mean, exactly. I I think that was for me, the overwhelming thing, you know, it was like, just getting started and trying to figure out how the app worked and navigated the app. And then it was like, well, I don't feel that I'm ready to post anything, but that's a great tip about the drafts. And then you can kind of revisit them and get more inspiration and then come back at it. And it's not, absolutely, yeah, it's, you don't have to publish right away. You don't. And another really good idea that I loved um, that I've been looking at is you can create a video in your, you know, you create it on your phone, but not in the app. So you're just filming yourself. Let's say you're doing one of those fun pointing things, or you're doing a dance move or whatever it is, you're doing something fun. Save that as a blank draft. And then you can repurpose that exact video using different words, using different music. So, but it's the same video. But if you add different filters to it, well, now you've only filmed once, but the same video could be used six times, seven times. I'm glad you bring that up. And I know that you've spoken about that before, but there's always this feel, especially with artists, that we have to keep creating and creating and it has to be new and it has to be fresh and we burn out. So exactly. It's helpful to know that you know, one piece of information, I think we were talking about this when we were talking about newsletters, you know, you can take your, you can take a social media post, put it in your newsletter. You can take a thing from your newsletter, put it in your social media post. Like it's it just, you can keep repurposing Absol- it. Absolutely. And the thing is friends, what we want to remember about all of these, all of these fun platforms. And I say fun because I really want you to embrace the fun part of it is that as much as I love you, even, I mean, As much as I love most of you, all of you, I do not stare at your accounts all day long. No, I do not. Right? Oh, thank you for saying that. It's That's the thing because we think, you know, oh, I've shared, I've talked about this before and people are going to be bored, but it's like you're going to reach a new audience, right? Exactly. Or I'm going to see and go, oh, that's so great that she's talking about that. I'd never heard that. And meanwhile, and that person's thinking, gosh, I talked about this three times. And I love to say what, what I've come up with in speaking with clients as, you know, look at math, right? Two plus two equals four. And we all know that it doesn't change, but we still have to be taught that children have to be taught it. The, the innate value of what we teach singing, 
and piano lessons and whatever it is, the innateness of that skill doesn't change. Sure, we learn more about the human body and we learn more about different ideas and ways, but the innate basicness of opening your mouth, breathing and having a sustained sound, that hasn't changed for years. And so the way you approach it You know, use however you approach whatever it is you're teaching, do it in the same subject in different ways, because people will hear that everybody hears things differently. It's just like how we talk to our students. Right. I can't talk to my 10 year old the way I talk to my 30 year old, even if I'm saying let's talk about belt mix. Let's talk about how do I get that high note? It's the same subject, but because I have two different unique humans in front of me, the words I use, the approach I use, it's going to be different. And our social media is exactly the same thing. I love that. I love that you put it like that. And I want to thank you because I know that, um, and and I'm going to be full, like full disclosure. There are days, I mean, I hesitated starting TikTok for the long, the longest time, but I, but I have to say it's been some of my colleagues who are doing some very fun, informative things on the platform that inspired me to go, well, you know what, maybe it isn't such a bad idea. And, and, and so I want to, I want to shout out to my brave colleagues that are out there sharing their information because it's, it is a different platform. There's a different feel to it. There's a different energy. Um, I, I still think Instagram is kind of my favorite. I really like, I'm really liking Instagram, but, but again, it's a, it's a different feel. And, and I have, connected with different people on on the different platforms. Exactly. I mean, statistically speaking, last year TikTok moved up. So there, there's a, a fabulous infographic that uh, one of the major platforms put out about downloads and what people are looking at and what they're doing. And TikTok moved up literally in the top 5 wow. with Facebook, with Instagram, you know, with all of these things and and with Twitter and like what what I consider the originals, the OGs of social media. But but the truth of the matter is people's attention and time, literal time is short. And mm-hmm. what's beautiful about TikTok is in 1 to 3 minutes you can either you can actually learn something or you can learn that you want to learn more about something mm-hmm. right one of the things that inspired me f- through tiktok was uh, mm-hmm. s- like some recipes um <gasps> yes like these there's people that in a minute are giving you and you see the quick little you know the quick little yep. snippets but you're like cuts. The jump cuts. Okay, thank you. I knew there was a term for it. But I've, <laughs> I've been following a couple of people that have been doing some beautiful jump cut videos about recipes. And, like, I've been cooking up a storm. I mean, I can't go anywhere. It's like, right? But I got – and my family's like, oh, Mom, this is really good. Where did you get it? And I was like, TikTok. TikTok. And my, <laughs> and my son's like – no, you didn't. And I said, oh my uh, yes, I did. Some of us follow different things on TikTok, dear. That's so, hysterical. So now he, and he, he was quiet for the whole meal because it was like, <laughs> oh no, my mom's on TikTok. 
<laughs> I know. Oh no, my mom's on this thing that's for kids. No, and that's the beautiful thing. That to me is one of the, again, it's a unifier. You know how much I love social media because I, the word social, and where it connects us in ways that we never could have dreamed. And as long as, you know, keep, you know, whatever privacy filters you want, of course, put those on. Whatever things you don't want to look at, um, I recommend not looking at them. Scroll on by, friend, because, you know, you are, you need to curate your feeds mm. in ways that uplift you and teach you or entertain you, whatever your goal is for the platform. I want to thank you for saying that because it took me a couple of days to kind of find the, the hashtags I wanted to follow, to, to find some of my colleagues and then the, obviously the food blogger, TikTok people that I followed. But I have to say the first couple of days on TikTok, some of the stuff that popped into my feed, I was like, ew, I don't want to watch this. Right. But, but now I've kind of cleared all of that out. So yes. And that's why I recommend the first action you take is to follow, go in the discuss. It's called discover. That's their, um, you know, use of searching and go in there and search for the things that you like quick recipes, teaching voice, singing, musical theater, whatever it is, search those out early in the game so that you're not seeing things that, you know, aren't comfortable for you. And, and because and that's okay. It's you, everyone should like and do what is most beneficial and they like to do. So that's why I, I'm a really big, I'm really big proponent of curating your feed. The, the socials do not have to be negative in any way. Um, and you are in charge of that. It's just like traffic, you know, they give you, you can have, there's a multiple ways usually of getting from one place to another. And if there's traffic in one, then turn right sister, because you can go somewhere else or a different way without having any of those bad feelings. That's really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing I want to say that I think if for any of my semi or more advanced TikTokers, make sure you're using the duet function. Mm -hmm. Because that is the ultimate. So the great thing about this, and this is something, because you know, on Instagram, if you want to regram somebody, you have to get permission. That's written into their rules and regs. You have to ask permission um, either in the DMs or in the comments, right? With TikTok, what's so wonderful is you as a an account owner can decide, am I allowing for duet function. And so you give innate permission. So if you see a video and you're like, Hey, I want to talk about this video, you tap the duet and it'll say whether or not you're allowed to. So that's, what's so great. So you can share other people's stuff, which is always a great way to get attention because you're, you're sharing their audience and you're sharing them. They're going to be grateful that you did stay positive and stay uplifting about their content and you're sure to find new and fresh people. I love that's one of my favorite functions of TikTok. That would be a, a neat way to highlight some of your students. Like if your students are using yes. socials, a lot of a lot of my teens are singing on their socials and they're sharing songs. That would be a cool way as your voice as a voice teacher to get on there and like, you know, support them and celebrate exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. That's a beautiful way to do that, you know? Or uplifting another voice teacher like, "Hey, 
I'm going to use this. I've never thought of it this way. Or there's, oh my gosh, there are some fabulous pianists on there, Nick. If you haven't, oh my gosh. Gosh, there's a girl that does the, um, she does piano mashups for weddings. I've literally written her and now we're having a conversation because I said, can I, would you write out that sheet music? I'm not fast at transcribing. Could you figure that out? And she's like, I don't know if I've ever thought of that. And I'm like, why are you not writing these out and selling them? So I, it was such a great conversation and, you know, it's that kind of thing. And here she is. I can't even remember where she is. She's somewhere far away from Las Vegas, but then we had this wonderful conversation and now we're like following each other and it's just fun. That's the, that's the beauty of social media. I think meeting awesome new people. I, I agree. I agree. And, and I think that if you, if you are, if you understand how to use them and if you know how to, uh, uh, like you say, cultivate your feed, I think it can be really positive. Karen, I want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your information and knowledge about our social media challenges. And I hope the listeners that requested a little bit of information about TikTok, uh, appreciate your time. I certainly do. So we will have you back, um, as always, because you keep us in the loop. And as we have all learned, there's always incredible updates for all of these platforms. So we need your help as we go along. But I, I am wishing you an amazing day. We'll have you back soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. A very special thank you to my fabulous friends and colleagues and thank you for their time and talent on my show. I know I take away so much information having these conversations and I hope that you, the listener, get uh, get something from them as well. Now, I do want to remind everybody, it is not too late to register for the 2022 National Convention for the National Association of Teachers of Singing. If you haven't visited nats.org, and I do want to say you do not have to be a member in order to participate in this incredible professional development opportunity, but I have a feeling you'll probably want to be a member after you go. Um, I am going to be there. And if you are a listener uh, or if you are a friend to the Full Voice Music, please come by the Full Voice exhibit booth. I'd love to say hello to you. And I promise I will have lots and lots of goodies for teachers that come and say hello. My friend and colleague, I, as always, am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. 